This is Wiffer Karen, and I love listening to Will Write for Wine. Oh, yeah. This is Wiffer Mac, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Kim from Colorado, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Yay! Hi, this is Wiffer Lily, and I'm listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Don, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Melissa, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Wayne, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Ambroise, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Knocked Up Wiffer Susan, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Cheers! Hi, this is Wiffer Renee, and you've made the excellent choice of listening to my girls, Sam and Lonnie, on Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Wiffer Pimp, my mixer Pam, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Take it away, girls. Thank, Thank you, Wiffers. <laughs> Welcome to Will Write for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song. Uh, mostly wine and writing, thank God. We are not singing. <laughs> yeah, lucky Wiffers. <laughs> this is Lonnie Diane Ritz. And this is Samantha Graves. And tonight's show is our first writer improv of the new year. Yes. Yay. We love these, except when we screw them up. No, that's the fun. I like the screwing up. It's my favorite part. That's why I do you, you and I have such a different barometer for success. <laughs> um, I know. You actually require success. <laughs> Me, as long as I take a whack at it, I'm good. <laughs> and that's all later in the podcast. Wine comes first. So, Lonnie, what are you drinking tonight? Well, tonight, courtesy of Whiffer Jill from Missouri. Hi, Jill. Hi, I'm Jill. having a St. James Winery 2003 semi-dry Chardonnay. Chardonnay? Yay. That's Chardonnay. Yes. I'll get to that. It's okay. in the wine notes. Okay. All right. <laughs> the wine notes on the bottle are, our semi-dry Chardonnay is a full-bodied off-dry I don't know what off-dry is. Is that kind of like off-white? I don't know. I have no idea. White wine, soft Mm -hmm. and luscious, rich in citrus and fresh apple flavors. Semi-dry Chardonnay tastes great with sharp cheeses or spicy Asian dishes. And I will say, Mm. I don't have any spicy Asian dishes handy, but I did have some of that, uh, this great uh, sharp um, Irish cheddar cheese called a Dubliner, which is Mm -hmm. fabulous. I highly recommend it. Go and get some. Mm -hmm. Should be in your local (laughs) store now, especially. I have it in mine all year long, but now that it's like, you know, around St. Patrick's Day, they usually have it. And Mm -hmm. it did go quite well. So there we go. Uh, The Chardonnay grape is a cross between a Seval, is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Seval and Chardonnay, blending the best qualities of both parents, the beautiful floral character Seval and the intense flavors of Chardonnay. Thus the Chardonnay. Thus the Chardonnay. Now I get it. There you go. All right. (laughs) And the website is uh, stjameswinery.com. We'll have the links in the notes. It is 12% alcohol. I don't know how much it costs because it was a gift. And Mm -hmm. I have just enough class to not, you know, find out. Um, (laughs) But uh, I say, you know, of course I love it because it came from Jill. So anything Mm -hmm. that comes from Jill, I'm going to adore. And I think for people who like sweeter wines, they will really, really love it. Um, It it says semi-dry on it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's it's not even it's the, not a country mile within dry. I mean, it's, okay, it's a very sweet wine, but it's huh. good. It's yeah. good. It's really fun and cheerful, and it's got a lot of really fruity flavors. So, um, I cool. think for people who are like new to wine or people mm-hmm. who like sweeter wines, I think it's a, a great wine for that. So, Excellent. thank you, Jill. <laughs> oh, I'm giving it five stars because it's from Jill. Oh, cool. <laughs> and it's actually it's good. It's good. Uh-huh. I like it. So uh-huh. it's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like actually like a wine that I would like. Because I, I don't would. like dry white wines. You like I like the a little bit whites. sweeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So. We, uh, yeah, remember that? We like the exact opposite because yeah. I like dry whites and sweet reds, and you mm-hmm. like dry reds and sweet whites. Yeah. So what's Isn't up that with weird? that? I, I know. know. <laughs> well, tonight <laughs> I'm having a friendship school red from St. <laughs> James Winery in Aww. Missouri, courtesy of Jill. Yay, Thank you, Jill. Jill. <laughs> The wine notes are ample black cherry flavors are abundant in this smooth, aromatic, medium-bodied wine. Mm -hmm. Crafted from the French hybrid, I don't know, Rajon? Rajon? Looks like dungeon, except it starts with an R. (laughs) Rajon grape. Ambrose is going to... can help us out there. Um, It is recommended to drink this wine early or cellar for one to two years. Um, It has 11.5% alcohol in it. And I don't know how much it costs either. 
<laughs> but my good. notes are mm-hmm. it's good. It is light and a little fruity and mm-hmm. a little sweet. And I think this might be my new summer red wine. How great. I know. I have a hard time drinking red wines during the summer because right. it's just too warm. They're kind of heavy. You know? and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too warm. You don't feel like they're not right. refreshing, mm-hmm. you know. But this, mm-hmm. I think I could chill a little bit and oh, it would excellent. be really good. So. I love Excellent. it. Excellent. Yeah, fun. so I give it five glasses also. Of course. Of course. It's Jill. Thank you, Yay. Jill. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now that we've got that all taken care of, let's move on to... This Week in the Forums. Thanks, Mac. This week Thank on the Mac. forums, the hot topics were peeps. peeps. <laughs> Whiffer PSAs, wine, cork, people, weekly Whiffer way. And what is this? Why do I always get the tongue twisters? <laughs> Whiffer PSAs, wine cork be weekly weekly whiffer way and promotion and professional wine sniffers. Oh my god! Sam I wrote that. that part. You did that deliberately. No, I didn't. Those were the that most interesting. We have the best topics. We do. We really do. They're really fun. But they all start with W's and P's. Like tongue twisters. <laughs> I didn't even notice it until you said it. Hey, look, if somebody starts up a forum that she sells seashells by the seashore, I swear I'm going to kill somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to make tongue twister topics now just that I have to do that. (laughs) All right. Now that we've done the forums, it's my Mm -hmm. favorite thing about this podcast. I mean, aside from the wine. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, let's refill. We'll be back in a minute. This is Whiffer Karen from Connecticut, and I wanted to let you know that Will Write for Wine does not take drinking games involving the opposite sex lightly. Men have the biological advantage. In 2006, it was discovered that women, compared to men, produce roughly half the amount of gastric alcohol dehydrogenase. That's the enzyme in the stomach that breaks down alcohol. The less enzyme you have, the more alcohol enters the bloodstream and makes its way directly to the brain. We also want you to know that a regular physical training program will not provide you with a competitive edge. Increasing levels of alcohol consumption damages the lining of the stomach and will reduce the production of alcohol dehydrogenase. So, while drinking gains for those of us 35 and over are strongly discouraged, we urge all participating female whiffers to either decline male challenges or insist upon a handicap. We urge all male whiffers, Mac, Wayne, Ambrose, to behave like the gentlemen we know they are. Sam and Lonnie, back to you. And thank you, Whipper Karen, for that fabulous and highly informative PSA. I know. Who knew there'd be research? No kidding. You gotta love that, right? Oh, I do. I love the research. (laughs) Keep those PSAs coming, guys. We love them. Mm -hmm. And on that note, welcome back, everyone. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And Samantha Graves. And this is We'll Write for Wine. Yay. (laughs) Today's question comes from Whiffer Jennifer in Michigan, who sent us an MP3 of her question, and we love it. Yes. So, uh, So here's her question. Hi, Lonnie and Sam. This is Whiffer Jennifer in Michigan with a question. I'm part of a newly formed online critique group, and, well, critiquing is hard. Can you please share some tips on what makes a good critique for you as a writer and how you go about giving critiques that will be useful to the recipient? Thanks! Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> for a more in-depth discussion on this topic, you can go back to episode 25 on feedback and critiques. But in general, it's a pretty delicate dance. I mean, mm. one of the things that I found really helpful, but which I never mentioned in that podcast, is that having agreed upon rules for critiquing works really, really well. For mm. instance, I'm in a critique group that critiques single scenes at a time, usually first scenes because they're hard and because later scenes usually require prior knowledge from the book. You have to explain everything. You really mm. just want to kind of get a fresh perspective on on what you're working on. So when we do the scenes, we all agree on five points we're looking for. We want to know who the protagonist is, what the protagonist's goal is. Okay, so maybe there's more mm-hmm. than five. <laughs> it's the protagonist, the protagonist's goal, the antagonist, the antagonist's goal. Um, what needs to be kept, um, what could use some work, and I think um, what our expectations are. Mm-hmm. You know, like from reading this, what do you expect to happen in the book, you know? Right. And, um, but anyway, the specifics are not that important. What's important is that you agree on something, that everybody agrees on these are the things that we're going to discuss. 
class. Um, I find this really helpful. Um, and if you could do that with your group, it'll give form to the critiques so that everyone kind of gets the same thing mm. and no one says, oh, I liked it. It was really fun and just leaves it at that because, yeah. it, well, that's really, really sweet. And I love it when people read the books that I can't change and tell me they liked it. It was really fun. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Like When I'm in the process of, you know, when I'm going to a critique group, I, I need people to tell me what's wrong with it because I guarantee you something is wrong with it. <laughs> I just want them right. to tell me what. Mm-hmm. So for critique group to work really well, I, I think you really kind of need that specific feedback. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, I hate critiquing. Really? I hate it. And it's not because I'm lazy. No, it's because you're not at all. no, it's because I'm honest and I truly want to see the writer and the story be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. But it's hard telling someone that something they wrote and clearly love um, needs work. On the mm-hmm. flip side, the first words out of my mouth are always, This is just my opinion. <laughs> okay. And that is true for all critiques. You say that all the time. I know. See, I don't. I say, this is what you got to do. Take this out. (laughs) Cut the first three chapters. Yeah, Yeah, but you know what? I can't do that. I just can't I know, do that. But, you know, but if I you're going to be doing wrong. critiques, you have to be able to take them. Well, like, I think it's the responsibility of the person who puts their work out there. And pardon me if I sound mm-hmm. harsh, but if you put your work out there, you invite, you are inviting people to tell you what they think. And the thing yeah, is, is but that the problem is not everybody knows as much as you and I know. And my fear mm-hmm. <laughs> is that somebody's going to say something that is going to, like, just totally destroy. It's not going to be correct or whatever. You know, what mm-hmm. I could say could not be right. I mean, what if I say something, but, yeah, but for that person, it doesn't work. That's the, that's the person know. who's asking for the feedback. I think it's their responsibility. Like, honestly, I... I don't want anybody to pull any punches with me. I mean, if something no, doesn't work I don't for either. you, I think you should tell. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, you know, it's uh, also, you don't, you don't go personal. You know, mm-hmm. you're not like, oh my God, you totally suck. Why don't you get a job somewhere else? You know, like, I mean, nobody says that. Yeah, you but just say, even, you know what, the motivation you know doesn't what? make any sense. This is, you know, I mean, that kind of right. thing. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I, maybe I've just been so beat down that I just don't take anything personally anymore. Maybe. But it's really not personal. And I think that that's the very hard thing. And this is one of the reasons why critique groups are so, so, so important is that you need to get beat down if you're going to mm-hmm. be a writer people will be beating you down every step of the way it doesn't matter I mean it, honestly you do you get you get abuse from people who are jealous because of your so-called success mm-hmm. people perceive you to be successful whether you actually are or not they'll mm-hmm. be jealous and they'll take you down for that and um you know I mean there's just so much there's reviewers yeah, but see, and there's that's nasty what I mean. online what if people you're, and what if that stops somebody from writing I well, mean, that's why I hate writing. critiques. I, then they I just shouldn't don't be like. writing. If, if I like the critique, critique is going to stop you from writing, then you should not be writing okay. because you can't take it. But I like critique partners. I like yes. it when you find one person or a mm-hmm. couple of people that really get it. They get yeah. what you write. Mm-hmm. They understand what you're trying to do and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think that works better for me than critique groups. I yeah, don't like critique because you're very comfortable telling groups. me what's wrong with my stuff. Yeah. You know, of course, I, I want you to. <laughs> But That's I also want point. you to tell me what's wrong with my stuff, too. You I know, know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, and so. that's the thing, too, also, is that you really do need to have a level of trust. I mean, the critique group mm-hmm. that I'm in is 25 people, and mm-hmm. we all have known each other for years, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for just a really long time. So, you know, we know, we all know each other. We've all been critiquing each other's stuff in a bigger, from a bigger critique group for a long time. And, um, you know, so we just kind of uh, have that familiarity, you right. know, so it's, it's right. very, very comfortable. But and I, I think that I you think need that's... to be comfortable. Right. And I think that's, I, I think kind of a molding or forming mm-hmm. a critique group mm-hmm. is a really delicate thing. It, it is. And it can yes. be. I mean, the thing is that people can take it, especially when you're in early days of writing, you mm-hmm. know, and I mean, okay, now here's the thing. Like, you know, if you can't take critique, you shouldn't be writing. I mean, that sounds really harsh. And yeah, but I, what if you, you know, get a bad critique? Then it's not, then, then, you know, but you don't even know any better. You know, that's you why I don't yeah, like but it. but that's part, that's the learning process, though. I know. I mean, I that's the learning it. process. That's how you learn how to deal with critiques, because the more critiques you get, the more you know what resonates with you. I mm-hmm. mean, the thing is that you got to take your ego out of it. You know, you got to take your ego out of it. You got to take, there's no hurt feelings, nothing's personal. And you know what? Even if it is personal, mm-hmm. even if somebody comes up to you and they're like, you suck, you're mm-hmm. terrible, blah, blah, blah. Well, then that person's opinion is instantly invalidated because they're but, making it personal but you know nine times out of ten that's not the way it happens mm-hmm. it's much more subtle you know well, yeah, but i mean even so, even if it's subtly if somebody is coming after you 
personally. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able, I mean, it works on both ends. You have to be able to tell the difference between people who are talking to you personally. Because I will say something to somebody that I just mean, look, you know, I don't understand her motivation. Mm-hmm. And they will read something into it that it's, you know, and get their feelings hurt and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I mean, the thing is that you can't yes, do that. But you're you're a good critiquer. My fear is, is well, what I'm talking about. You don't think about, you're I, a good critiquer? No. You're a fabulous writer. <laughs> you totally, oh God, oh God, is that what this is about? You don't think you're a good critiquer? <laughs> well, and the know, longest B block my, ever is when they start like fighting. Like I said, yeah. it's just my opinion. It's all your fault, Wiffer Chan. No, <laughs> she made us fight. We were best friends, and the Wiffer Chan asked us a question, and everything explodes. No, I'm sorry, what was your point you were making? All right. <laughs> I'm just going to move on to the rest of my answer here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do like the idea of uh, uh, Lottie's idea of setting rules. Uh This is very constructive and helpful, and then everybody plays the same. Mm -hmm. But I think another good idea is to set a timer. um, If the reader, regardless of, uh, all right, set a timer if the reader is reading it out loud. Or set a page count if they are being read by everyone. You know what oh, I mean? So you mean to, oh, see, I've never done a read out loud. All my critiques oh, have been yeah. online. Right, right. Because I know so, the, the local, our local chapter did read out loud critiques. Mm-hmm. I never participated in that. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do this, uh, so so once you do that, um, and then you, you allow a, mm-hmm. a certain amount of time period for critiquing, mm-hmm. which if you're doing it live, it could be like five minutes. If you're doing right. it online, it could be like, okay, we're going to talk about this for three days or one right. day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what this does is it keeps the session moving, and then yes. no one feels like they didn't get their fair share of time right and I think Mm -hmm. that's really important too so you're trying to treat everybody equally in this process yeah I think I think that setting limits and giving it structure Mm -hmm. um, are really good thing and that's the first thing y'all can hash out you know as a group Mm -hmm. but um yeah so that was like almost an entire other episode (laughs) on feedback about part two (laughs) we'll just keep arguing about it (laughs) Between this, between the blocks, we'll be like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> you think you're not good? You think your opinion is invalid? How many books do you have to write? How many awards do you have to win? You have a shelf that is bowing from the weight, and you're like, I don't have a good. It's just my opinion. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, thanks for the question, wait for Jen. Poor Jen. <laughs> Oh, she's loving it. <laughs> to get your question on the show, email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or mm-hmm. leave them on the forums. And maybe, just maybe, you'll start a fight too. <laughs> and we love MP3 questions to send those in too. And don't worry, all those of you who sent your questions in but didn't get them answered because you don't get all fancy with the microphone, mm-hmm. um, we'll do another Q&A episode to clear out all the backlog again. <laughs> we promise, and we won't wait a year this time. <laughs> We're just suckers for hearing your actual voices. It's so nice I, to actually it hear really from you. It really is. So, I know. Yes. It's so nice to have the name and the person, you know, on the forums I and then know. to hear their voice. It's really I nice. Love, yeah. I love having the whiffers open up the show. I mm-hmm. love the whole thing. I just love all the participation, the PSAs you guys are doing. I mean, I'm just thrilled. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. So, yeah. okay. All right. Where, where are we going next? Are you going to kick time. my ass? <laughs> Now it's time for Writing Lessons Learned. <laughs> Every week, mm-hmm. we'll share what we learned that week about writing. Lonnie, what did you learn this week? I learned that sometimes, no matter how many awards a certain writer wins, she still Don't never start. feels adequate. Okay. Don't start. I learned, I'm just teasing you. You're better than you think you are, and it makes me insane. I learned that even though publishing moves slow, some mm. editors are kind of fast. <laughs> we just handed in Dogs and Goddesses, and I was like, oh, great. Stretching back, I'm like, I got six weeks at least <laughs> before, before I even have to think about revisions, right? Because I'm thinking, oh, like, you know, no. Jennifer Enderlin is St. Martin's, mm-hmm. wonderful editor, mm-hmm. very busy woman. <laughs> right, right. Okay, but anyway, she gets back to us, like, Boom! Like in like three days, she's like, "Oh my god, I love it!" And that's wonderful. I was very excited about that. She did really like it. But you know, she had some stuff, of course, because everything can always be made better. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So she's given us some feedback on things that we need to revise and need to work on. And so now I'm going to be working all next week. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to sit around it and socks, and now I'm going to be working. <laughs> so basically, some editors are fast. 
Yes. And we mean that in the best possible way. Yes. Not not in the (laughs) any other way you're thinking of. Yes. Jennifer Enderlin's really going to have fun working with me. Like, oh, I yeah. heard you were talking about me on your podcast. Oh, jeez. About me being fast. <laughs> yep. All right. So how about you? What did you learn? Uh, I, I learned I'm going to be apologizing to Jennifer Enderlin this week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we didn't mean fast that way. Okay, go ahead. All right. I learned that sometimes when you can't make up your mind about the plot, you just have to write. Ooh, very good. Yes, the muse will oh, oh. eventually get off her ass and help you out. I'm sorry, oh. I said ass, oh. yes. Oh, and oh. this is coming from me. Oh my god, I think my brain just exploded. <laughs> First of all, you said ass, which is awesome. Drink, because usually it's me yeah. who, who does all the cursing on the show. Yeah. And then, did you, did you, or did you not just say that sometimes you have to pants it? Uh, well, I mean, just I right. Know, just did, right. Pantsing no, is no, not pantsing, just writing. Pantsing is writing without a plot. What did you do? Let me look at this. Okay, let me go back no. into the script. Sometimes when you can't make up your mind about the plot, <laughs> you just have to write. Okay, we're going to have to take mm-hmm. a vote, a whiff or vote. I think that sounds like pantsing to me. <laughs> you know, I'm doing the website. <laughs> And I, I still have the picture. I oh, still no. have the picture of the sticky notes on the wall. So if you want to go there, <laughs> hey, look, I didn't deny it. I didn't try to like parse my way so, out of the semantics. Yes, you did. The name, the photo is it's not plotter, not a plotter. That's the photo name. <laughs> oh, we're sad. We're just very, very sad. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Are you taking us out of this or am I? Oh, and that wraps up this blog. (laughs) I'm sitting here waiting for you. (laughs) We're just going to go and she's going to kick my ass and then we'll be back for the seat blog. Don't go anywhere. A sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is Will Write for Wine. Tonight Yay. is our first live You Get What You See improv of the year. <laughs> we love these, usually. Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, look, a friendship that can survive writer improv can survive anything, <laughs> especially fighting in the B block. Anyway. We're going to be doing world building, so I think Sam's going to be leading the charge on this one, <laughs> probably. Right. I don't really think about the world that much. It just kind of happens. I don't know. Um, I've got my email from the lovely Catherine Wade. Thanks, Kate, mm-hmm. who gathered Thanks, our Kate. suggestions and sent us our final set. Sam, you ready? I have my wine. I have my Osho Zen cards and my Apples to Apples cards. And now what exactly do we want to achieve this time around? Just so I know. We want to build the world. <laughs> build the world. <laughs> so we're getting you're the, the heroine. You're the one who's good at that. I know. But we're getting the heroine. We're getting we're her. We're getting the heroine, her name, and her goal. And her goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the genre. So, and the genre. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we're doing is that kind of working backwards and kind of uh, doing the world building. Okay. So you usually, okay, when you build a world, you start mm-hmm. with the world? I generally then, start with the plot. You start which, with the plot. Which okay. is, would in, which well, includes the world. Well, which is kind of like her world. goal, right? I mean, we've yeah. got a goal well, for, you know. No. No. You know, it's, you know what's interesting is that I think you and I look at world building in two different ways. I think you look at it from a character point of view, and yeah. I look at it from a plot point of view. Right. Because I start with character, and I build from there, and mm-hmm. you start with plot. So, okay, so you've got a plot. Right. You come up with an idea, and you say, okay, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. To have happen, you know, right? And then you right. build a world that supports the plot, 
Exactly. Okay. All right. And you go. See, I would. See, so you build with a world the, with the, that supports the character. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, this should be fun. Okay. I, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think about it because I think about what I start with. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I start with, like, I'm thinking about the one that I'm doing right now, and what I start with is just something that I want. Yeah, that I want my character to do. You know, that I want to like, uh, like for one instance, when I did the the fortune quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to destroy the character's life. <laughs> I wanted to write a book oh, where everything that could have gone wrong <laughs> went wrong. Well, you know, it was that torturing your characters thing. It's, I know, it's great. Like, there's something so cool about really letting loose and consciously, because, like, uh, normally when you got a character, you like her. Mm-hmm. And you don't want anything bad to happen to her, but then that's a really boring book. So, yeah. um, so you know, I mean, I went into it consciously thinking I am not going to protect my character from anything, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and that was really kind of a fun experience. So I right. built the world but to that. When I when I plotted Sight Unseen, mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted a female art thief, but I knew that I wanted a villain who was really involved and that it involved art and that right. they were entrenched in the art world right. and that they were going to have to travel all these different places. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I started with. Uh-huh. And then the character kinds of, kind of grows out of that situation. Yeah. And it tends to be a character who, who has, you know, usually has everything under control in mm-hmm. her little piece of the world and right. then all hell breaks loose and then all hell breaks loose yeah externally yes all right so, that's, interesting. that's interesting all right that is very interesting all right you ready i'm ready okay let me get my email open here and uh all right the genre is historical fiction oh okay the heroine's name is louisa hallberg that's a cool name louisa. Hallberg. Hallberg. Okay. H-A-L-L-B-E-R-G. Okay. And her problem is uh, Louisa dreams of being a published author, but has mm-hmm. to support her large, noisy family somehow in the meantime. This could be a lot of fun. Okay. All right. All right. So let's start with the world. We got to pick a time, right? It's historical fiction, but I think it might be cool to do it like in the 20s. Like, you that know, when Dorothy, when Dorothy uh, Parker was writing? Yeah, you know what? Unfortunately, I know very little about historical fiction. Um, I don't mm-hmm. write it. I don't research it. So, yeah, let's go with the 1920s. Well, 1920s is still historical. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's, not, years ago, it's so, yeah. not like it's not like it's uh, let's do it during the Depression. During the Depression. All right. And she's got yeah. to support her family. That's kind of depressing, though. <laughs> The 20s is all flapper and fun, and you can have all kind of wild, like, you know, know, getting drunk. Getting drunk at the Algonquin. No, because you know what? Because being a writer during the Depression, I mean, you're literally choosing between food and writing. You can't write during the Depression, though. I mean, that's just the thing. Like, you know, you. Oh, well, yes, you can. You can write about the Depression. You can not, write about you what you're going through. You can't make a living. I mean, the thing is, if you want to be a writer, you can't do it during a Depression. Because you can't make money in writing during But it doesn't matter. If you're a writer, you're still a writer. You're always going to be a writer, no matter what the economy is. All right. Let's do the Depression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's 1936. 19... Is that the height of the Depression? Is it? You got your or Google on? the 40s? On? Get your Google oh, on, baby. Get my Google on. Get your Google on. I think the Depression Let's go was to Wikipedia. the 30s. All right. Yes, because Wikipedia is very reliable information. Okay, so this is what you do. Your world, your world building. Uh-huh. You, pick a, you pick a time. You got historical. Yes. So we're going to do history in the okay. 30s, which, you yeah. know, nobody writes now which also i think is really cool depression era i know nobody writes about depression because it's depressing well hey people say now is depressing so hey now is depressing i don't want to write about now either (laughs) all right the depression is 1926 to 1940 1926 to 1940 all right so um so we'll go like 1930 sure Okay, 1932. Okay, let's make a decision. 1932. Okay, so it's 1932. Because then we don't have the war yet. Okay. We're not in the war yet, but, Mm -hmm. you know, things are are getting kind of bad at home, and everything's depressed, and nobody has food, and people are dying, so we're going to write about (laughs) poor Louisa, who, when everybody starves... Okay, but see, here's the thing. Her problem is that she wants to support her family. 
Yes. But she also loves to write. She okay. also wants to be a writer. Now, she you dreams cannot... of being a published writer, but she's got to have another job. Well, yeah, well, she of course dreams she does. of being a published writer, but she's right, got to have another uh, job. What's her What's her regular see. day job? Is she working at a factory? Is she? She owns a bar. She owns a bar in 1932. She works for a man who owns right. a bar in 1932. No, she owns a bar. She maybe owns it was a bar. her husband's bar. Maybe it was her husband's bar, and her husband died. Yes. Okay. So she's still because the depression she's got the killed the whole family. Him. You know so why? Because it's depressing. <laughs> People are drinking during the Depression. People, you know, know people still. did. They drank during the Depression. God yes. bless them. As a matter so of Louisa fact, I'm going to have a sip right now. doesn't really have a choice. Either she, she can't sell the bar. Mm-hmm. Her husband died. She's trying to support her family. The only thing she can do is run the bar. Okay. And and what's hard about that is that, you know, a bar generally work, it, is oh, a wait, nighttime Oh, wait, when was Prohibition? Thing. Uh, when was prohibition I... repealed? Because and see again, here you go, world building. You got to find it. Go do your fancy googling. Yeah, let me see the lean years. <laughs> uh, when was prohibition? I know it was in All the twenties. Right. I think it was nineteen eighteen to nineteen twenty-eight. I think it was ten years. All but right. I could be mistaken. Because All right. <laughs> quite frequently, prohibition. I if I was uh, right, was I'd repealed in nineteen thirty-four. So oh. let's go back. Let's go to like. Towards the end, so we're the we're hitting the end of the depression. Oh, so is it so a speakeasy? Oh, 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 no, but wait, what if she had a speakeasy? That would be great. Because so she's illegally so her only business, yeah. her only source of income in the depression is this illegal liquor. So she's actually probably doing pretty good in the depression, but it's got to be causing her some kind of trouble. Oh yeah. All she wants to do is write. So mm-hmm. okay, so during the day she's running this illegal speakeasy. Mm-hmm. And supporting her family. Okay, now by family, do we mean children or do we mean brothers and sisters and mother and father? Uh, let's go with brothers and sisters and mother and father. Ding, 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 ding. We finally agree on something. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, if she has children, I'm going to start weeping right no. here during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little dirty children who are someday oh. going to grow up and write the American equivalent of Angela's Ashes. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Louisa speakeasy. Um, all right, so Louisa. Oh, I like it now. Okay, this works I for like me. It. All right, so yeah. Louisa. Poor Louisa Halberg. Uh huh. Is the oldest of five sisters. Okay. Does that sound good? And her yeah. mother. So it's all women. Her father's women. dead. Her husband's dead. Mm-hmm. All they have for this yeah. to support these these five six women because it's her mom too. Yeah. And her sisters, is right. uh, this this illegal speakeasy. And they all work there. They got all work there. And they all work there. It's the little be. ones are there sweeping mm-hmm. up. <laughs> <laughs> the littlest one dreams of being Shirley Temple. Now the funny thing yes. is, mm-hmm. is that um, is that if people ask her what she does, mm-hmm. she can always tell them that she's a writer. Yes, she could. I mean, that could be like her out. That she's you know. a that she tells them she's a writer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know why she would tell anybody. But Nobody I would think believe that her. It, in that day and age, would she write as a man? <gasps> oh. <laughs> so instead that of Louisa, would, she writes under it would Lewis. Be Lewis, right? Lewis Halberg, or her initials, L. B. Yeah. Halberg, or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. she writes the oh oh oh. What if she? What if she writes like the Grapes of Wrath for that era? You know what I'm saying? Like she yeah. writes a book, but the she's great a American woman novel. Yeah. living in, and all of a sudden there's this fame. Mm-hmm. Everybody's interested. Oh, oh, oh! So she has to hire a guy to pretend to be her, and he's the hero. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you knew it was going to be a romance. I knew. You knew I, I was going to sure. get the guy in there. I'm sorry. All right. I like romantic stories. Sue me. <laughs> I like him. I right. love that. I, I love know. That. So she's so almost like Let Remington Steel. Oh, but you know, it's a little bit like, um, oh God, you know, and everybody else, all the whiffers are out there and they're like, I know, Gary Cooper, the movie mm. with Gary Cooper and no. uh, Meet John Doe. Meet John Doe. Was that it? Oh. The one well, where no, she pulls No, I was thinking of Remington the... Steel. Yeah. The yeah. movie Meet John Doe is where they, um, he's a homeless guy and, mm. um, was it Quan? 
Barbara Stanwyck. Barbara Stanwyck, okay. I think, pulls him yeah. out. It's Barbara Stanwyck or Claudette Colbert. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but it was really, it was so good. And, you know, Gary Cooper's this, like, homeless guy, and they make him sort of like the you know, the homeless guy for, and mm-hmm. so that everybody gives him all this money and basically changes his life because he's yeah. the quintessential homeless guy for these, uh, you know, these reporters. But okay. Anyway, but he has to like have that. some, where he comes from has to ha- have some, uh, impact on the story. Okay. All right. One of the things I think we have to put in here mm-hmm. is that all the men in this family die. All <laughs> the men in the family die. Right. For some reason, Yes. They get run over by horses. <laughs> they get run over. Oh, and what if her younger sister is in love with somebody but won't mm-hmm. won't get so there's kind of like a subplot where the younger sister like there's this guy. So like perfect guy. She's totally happy. She loves uh-huh. him, but she won't marry him. Yeah. Because she she's doesn't afraid want him to die. Kill him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that could be really fun. This could be a I really fun book. It could be a fun I book. I love it. If either one of us wrote historical. Uh, well, you never know. One of these days, I might write as Louisa Halberg. Um, but, uh, okay. I like that. Okay, yeah. so Louisa is, and where is it? New York City? Um, I just assume oh, New York sure. City. That, Let's okay. do it in New York. Oh, I That's love easy. it. That's and close. you know what? It'd be so much fun to research. Not that we're mm-hmm. going to, but it'd be so much fun. Yeah, um, it would. All right, so. All right. So she is, um, it's the middle of the Depression. She's Mm -hmm. got this illegal thing. What Mm -hmm. if it's like right when Prohibition, because basically if they make alcohol legal, that's the end. You know, so that's like gives kind of like that time. Like they're they're about to make alcohol legal, which means that, Mm -hmm. you know, she'll have competition. Right. People who who won't be willing to break the law or whatever, you know. Right. And um and then she you know, she's writing these books and all these things and they're just failing miserably. Then all of a sudden she has this incredibly huge hit <laughs> and everybody <laughs> thinks she's a man. So she hires this guy. Okay, now we're doing plot. Now okay, it's talk be the to bartender. me about plot and law and uh world building. Because okay. right now, what I'm doing is I'm thinking about character. I'm thinking about who she is. I'm thinking about plot. Mm-hmm. You know, we get the guy in there. The guys to pretend to be her. Mm-hmm. How does this all feed into our world building? Because, see, I don't consciously world build. All of my stories are contemporary. And even though there's paranormal elements in a lot of them, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how much. I mean, I guess world building pertains to what's possible in that world as well. Right. You know, like if angels are possible or if ghosts mm-hmm. are possible or if, you know, that's part of your world building too. Mm-hmm. But um, so so now we're talking about plot and this guy and where he's from. Now, how does that fit into world building that we have to, I mean, is our is our shifting it around from time to time, that's part of the world building process? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because when you do that, when mm-hmm. you play with the time and you know, right. especially with a ho- historical, you know what has happened. Exactly. What's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. You mm-hmm. can actually, uh, you know, time your story to be, like you said, right before Right before repealed, they lift prohibition. Right. Because right. then that's a repeal. threat for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's absolutely what you, how you want to use your world. Yes is okay. for those types of situations. See, I never consciously think about it. I do all this. I and don't either. It, it all melds together, though, because, I mean, mm-hmm. your character melds into your plot, and your plot melds into your world, and everything mm-hmm. completely ties together. You adjust your... When you make an adjustment to a character yeah. for, you know, the purpose of, of mm-hmm. plot or world, but you adjust your world to make it reasonable and believable that your plot would exist in that. Exactly. And you know what the interesting thing about this world Mm -hmm. is that in this world, as the owner of the speakeasy, Mm -hmm. she's okay because they're so desperate, they will accept her. Right. Mm -hmm. However, a woman in that day and age Mm -hmm. in a bar where prohibition is not a a factor Mm -hmm. would not be respected. Right. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about this is if you have it right at the end of that prohibition repeal, Mm -hmm. a a woman in that world as an Mm -hmm. author isn't going to be respected, but a man is. Right. Well, you You know, know, Dorothy Parker was right around then and she was, she was writing, but she was like the only woman, you know, she was like the only one to break through. And I mean, really, Mm -hmm. I think the only reason she was able to is because she was just such a mess mentally. Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous writer, but oh my God. <laughs> oh 
the woman had bats in her attic yeah. like mad, you know. So well, and, um, that's, yeah. and I think that's why you see a lot of historicals really use their worlds. Right. The people are placed in roles mm-hmm. that were acceptable at the time. There's so much structure mm-hmm. um, in those worlds mm-hmm. that you really could play with that structure with mm-hmm. your characters. Yes, absolutely. So it's a and different I think that those, type of world it building. It puts a certain, I think that's why, part of the reason why historicals work so well is because the, there are things that there are pressures especially on female characters mm-hmm. you know female characters fem- women in in those times were under such restraints there was so little they could actually do that right. you've got ready-made conflict right there mm-hmm. you know oh, and absolutely. It's, it's funny because a lot of people you know there's a lot of people who read historicals you know some people are purists and they get mm-hmm. really really annoyed because a lot of times like i just i just read a book that was uh, that was really really fun, but mm-hmm. it just didn't. Um, it was completely anachronistic. Like uh, none of the stuff that it was like basically taking a modern heroine and a modern hero and putting them in this world, and then adjusting uh, adjusting that world to their character and their needs, even right. though what they did would never have realistically happened during that time mm-hmm. frame. You know, right, right. Um, well, so, and that's yeah. and that's why I've always looked at the world itself mm-hmm. as a character. Right, mm-hmm. because it really that is. world really is a character. I mean, if you look at the world that that we're talking about, mm-hmm. you've got the depression, mm-hmm. which totally in your mind totally you know brings up a whole slew of imagery, right. mm-hmm. and you've got the prohibition, mm-hmm. and you've got all you know that time right. period mm-hmm. is very powerful. I love the five sisters, though. I mean, I love the five yeah. sisters. I love the fact that no men survive them. Survive. So this guy, I mean, this guy that she, you know, she has pretending to be her, Uh you know, what if he's one of the drunks? What if no. he's like an? Oh yeah, I love a. No, I like I the idea that he, maybe he's a bartender. Hero. Oh, I love a messy. I gave you the depression. Oh no, no, Give me no, a drunk. bartender. Give me bartender. a drunk who's all because messy he's and have, damaged. No, he's gonna and have some kind of brain. So. Good, well, oh, what? So drunk people don't have brains? <laughs> Apologies to drunks. No. I think. But you know what we look like. What we look like when we're at the end of the night. No, but I mean, like, don't you love a damaged hero, though? Yeah, but that's that. There's more. There's he, more involved with somebody who up. literally is who who literally is you know. Oh well, let's not make him a real like, serious alcoholic. But like, well, one that's of the guys, what I mean. I one mean, of the guys who comes because that's depressing. But like the depression. Well, the depression is serious issues. Yeah, but. Yeah, but you know what? There are people still laughed during the depression. They still survived. They lived. Yeah. It just was, you know. I mean, it was however many years it was. How many? How many but years what if? Was I mean, it? what if he's years. a guy who's got like a, some kind of a dark? I'd love for him to be, a, not, like, not somebody that works with her because that mm-hmm. puts them. There's a like kind of a power, um, a power structure there that that right. doesn't sit right with me. But I mean, mm-hmm. what if it was like a guy who came in? You know, and he doesn't have to be, like, a, a real... Because, ser- obviously, you know, what if alcoholism is very, very serious. But, like, somebody... What if he's I one of to... the bootleggers? Well, what if he's one of the guys who mm-hmm. brings her the illegal alcohol? As long as he's damaged. Yeah, well... I want him to be a little he drunk. He have to be. Can he be a little... <laughs> no, he wouldn't have to be. I mean, a guy sees an opportunity, sees an opportunity. But, um, but I mean, like, if he's if he's a little drunk when he comes in, if he, if he likes his liquor... <laughs> You know, I want to. I would love to have a hero who's, who's kind of a little damaged. Especially you know, it'd be really funny she's about that. Literary, intelligent. She's writing, right. and she has to write as a man. Yeah, and but then you this also guy, have to remember, that, who's like a total she... loser, gets to take all the credit. Okay, but why would she love him if he was a total loser? Well, he's not a total loser. Why she would she? He's a well, total loser. see. Well, why did Elizabeth? Why did Elizabeth Bar- or, um, Barrett? Barrett, not Barrett. Barrett Browning. <laughs> Bennett from Bennett? Um, from Pride and Prejudice. And then I forget, who am I arguing with? You've never even read the book. From Pride and Prejudice, why does she love Darcy? Darcy comes off as a total jerk, but then she realizes that there's more underneath. And so this well, guy just and that's comes okay, off but that way. You said, if that you, well. you said that he's a total loser. From her no perspective at that point in the story. Right. That, which is fine. Yes. But he can't be a total, total no. loser. He still no, has to have somewhere underneath. This is just from underneath. her perspective. Oh, no, he's got he a lot. He has to have something honorable. He's got a lot. He's got a lot. I mean, yeah. he would. Well, you know what would be really mm-hmm. interesting is if he actually went to college and he's got a degree and he is actually an intelligent guy, but he got into this world and... You know, something maybe he happened and he, much, and he got bitter and he got bitter. Yeah, that damaged. would work for me. 
That okay. would work for me. All right. But I, I think on that, an as in, long as I have problems with heroin heroines who are not equal on an intellectual basis. Oh, you know, yeah. At an intellectual level. No, he's just emotionally really damaged. I think they really have to both be. I mean, okay. he's not, Which he's is not fine. walking around with a drool cup or anything. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's just damaged. And I think he cup. comes off, I think he probably comes off as a bit of an ass. But the Which thing is, is, is that, but, but I think that as long as... When it comes down to, you know, doing something right. And I think that if mm-hmm. he, you know, if he did something quietly that, yeah. like, saved one of her sisters, mm. you know, but did it so that nobody would know, that kind of thing. Right. You know, but yes. then she found out and that that would start that would her work for me. kind of seeing him differently. Right. Because, of course, he would have well, to be honorable. I mean, why write about, <laughs> we date mm-hmm. enough jerks in real life anyway. Well, you and I don't because we've been married since the beginning of time. But, I mean, <laughs> women in but, general date enough jerks anyway. We don't need yeah. jerks in our fiction. Right. Well, okay. So so we're actually, um, we've got it all figured out, the plot and everything. Of mm-hmm. course, there's going to be all kinds of turmoil in the middle while he's trying to pretend to be her. And she's trying to run the speakeasy and all this right. stuff's going to happen. And then when Prohibition is, is appealed, now that would be a, a repealed. That would be a fabulous climax point in this right. book. Mm-hmm. If you she's going to have to lose repeal, everything. She's going to really have to lose everything. She would lose absolutely. her speakeasy. And then something would happen that she would lose whatever it was she was getting out of. There would be a huge scandal because she was a mm-hmm. woman writing under a man's name. Although, I don't know. Right. I mean, at that point, how big of a scandal would that be? I mean, how could she lose if it's already a hit book? Right. You know, is well, it just that she's, it's just that like her publisher would drop her because she lied? Well, I'm I mean, sure because, I mean, the thing is, yeah, she lied, number one. Um, you know, I think number two. And that they also pretended has, to be a man. It wasn't just that she right. was a woman writing, but that she lied and that a deception. it brought scandal. And yes. that it made, a, it made a big scandal. I think that there might have to be something, I don't know, it's the kind of thing we detail well, we maybe worry some, about if we're well, really writing it yeah but. right right but yeah. anyway so mm-hmm. all basically it all falls apart that we have to figure out a resolution okay because the resolution of course would be pretty obvious what? the 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 hero mm-hmm. would take over the bar she would take over the writing mm-hmm. they would actually go to the to the points that they were were both trying to get to you know what and i mean and his thing i think that he would have you know, it would be an opportunity for him to have a um, a respectable, to a be a respectable chance. person. Like, the, right. you know, to have a, a, a job where he just goes and he works mm-hmm. and that that's what he does. You know, and but then, I of think, course, we'd have I to think... resolve the subplot about all the men around them die. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that he would probably be like, okay, now, before I get all involved with you. <laughs> Let me just take well, out this handy little life insurance policy. And I think there also has to be some point where he actually takes responsibility for the deception or does something to try to, some kind of sacrifice that he makes so that she can continue her writing. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that may, perhaps perhaps he tells people that it was his idea and that he bullied her into, you know, because he wanted to sell it and all this other stuff, makes himself actually look bad. Mm-hmm. To save her. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a wonderful, that would be a really, really cool thing to happen, I think. Yeah. It would be a quite and it would show, a metamorphosis it would give him a for his character. A, yeah, for him to arc. You know, because if he right. starts out being just, you know, kind of a jerk who's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, she's not one to point fingers about illegal. But it would be funny <laughs> if she did, I think. It would be funny if yeah. she did. It would be funny if she's like, look. I'm here because I have absolutely no options. You know, mm-hmm. you have options. You're a man. You can do whatever yeah. you want. You know, if you want right. to get a job, you know, or something like you can go somewhere mm-hmm. and you can get a job. I'm a woman with a family of women that we need to support. Like, then maybe she feels like she does what she does because she didn't have a choice. But he has a choice and he's bootlegging. Yeah. You know, and, and he also, it. you know, that he went to college. I mean, she, mm-hmm. I can see her kind of being resentful of that. Like, you went Absolutely. to college, you had every opportunity, you had everything handed to you. And here you are, bootlegging, yeah. you know. I mean, you know, actually for her, the writing is an escape. Yeah. I mean, it is the one f- mm-hmm. true freedom that mm-hmm. she has. Right. Exactly. In her situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that, that would think be, that could really be really cool. Kind of fun. You know, it'd be really neat too. I think it would be really neat if mm-hmm. if somehow he tied it up uh, with the end by writing her something. 
Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? That I think that'd be really, really cool. Sweet. Yeah. That or if, if really he wrote sweet. the article that went in the newspaper, or whatever, you know, or did something. They, they yeah, just, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think, I think that, that would be really nice. I think, I think, it I think would that would be, be interesting. Good I think there yep. could be a lot of really fun things. I mean, if she that. and if she turned the bar over to him, mm-hmm. you know, that's also kind of her way of of letting it go, of of kind yeah. of. But you she, know, you know, she needs own. to take care of her sisters too. And I think that, right. I think that whoever the next youngest sister, mm-hmm. you know, if she's the oldest sister, then whoever the next oldest sister is, I think that that sister could play a part in some of this too. You know, like whoever right. the guy and the guy that she's in love with that she won't marry. <laughs> she I loves love him you. too much to I kill him. Marry. She loves him too much to kill him. <laughs> One dip and he's done, baby. Um... <laughs> It's kind of funny. <laughs> and then, of course, there would be the three, you know, younger sisters who would be, you know, right. really young, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, if you get a couple of them that are in there in their teens, they would be causing trouble. And I think that, you yeah. know, it would be kind of interesting. Like, I think that she, you know, she would write to escape from all this as much as she mm-hmm. loves her family. I mean, she's just loaded with obligation. She has. Oh, yeah. So you, you take her from, you know, you start her as a person who has no choices, mm-hmm. no freedom, nothing, right. you know, and then arc her into a person who really makes choices. Right. You know, right. who doesn't. I think that would be yeah. a great arc, yeah. I think that would yeah. be really fun. And then he would mm-hmm. arc from somebody who, um, you know, who just does whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, into somebody who, who actually has honor, he kind of regains yes. his honor. I think that yes. whatever happened to him that damaged him would be something where he, you know, he lost his honor. He did something he really regrets mm-hmm. and where he didn't behave honorably or whatever. And so because of that kind of, you know, drank a lot and became a bootlegger and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. then through her kind of gets an opportunity, like at the end, when he mm-hmm. does that honorable thing, that that would be a huge moment for him. Right. Well, you know, what's interesting is that mm-hmm. he could do anything he wanted to, but he chooses to be a bootlegger, which right. at the time is a very, very risky job to oh, have. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost like he wants to get caught. Right. You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. I think so that, that could that be interesting. Especially, really like, what if he sense. was the son of somebody who was really, really rich? You yeah. know, the son of a rich family that, that did something horrible to people or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, I mean, like, these big corporations that, you know, do awful things. Like, if he yeah. was involved in one of those... And mm-hmm. um and just kind of, you know, went to college and did all these things, then found out that everything that he has and everything that he did was from, like, this dirty money, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. just, you know, decided to screw it and right. went off to be What a if she sells the bar at the end mm-hmm. and to somebody who's totally legitimate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They've got all the customers and everything. Right. And then she takes the money, she splits it between her sisters. Mm-hmm. And then sends them off on their own. Right. To try to make their own choices. Right, to make so choices. Not so that not only just about just her choices, her, but that she gives them ch- choices too. Yes. That could be That would really be really cool. That could I because like that. And also there would be something from the the books too, and that she would write, you know, she would start over as a writer. Yeah. Writing as a woman mm-hmm. at the end. That would be fabulous. You know, which I think would be really good. And so at the mm-hmm. end, you know, she, she they're together. Yeah. And she's sitting down, and she's starting her new book <laughs> and her new book is once i owned a bar right <laughs> <laughs> once i owned a speakeasy <laughs> oh my god i love that you know what and i think that's the title once i owned a speakeasy no speakeasy just speakeasy oh speakeasy oh speakeasy. i love it i like it speakeasy <laughs> excellent excellent work god we're good we really should collaborate <laughs> But you know what? I mean, this is part of the fun of collaborating. I mean, this is what we do. We yeah. sit around and we throw this stuff around and all these ideas come out and it gets really, really exciting. I mean, I love that mm-hmm. when you start to build something up. And I'm actually, you know, it's so funny because every time we do one of these improvs, I go into it thinking, oh, dear God, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> like the one that was horrible with the ferrets. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> that one was Jeez. really horrible. But Don't most of the time me. we come up with this stuff where I'm like, no, that's good. I, I like it. We've come up mm-hmm. with some really good stuff. See, this is very fun. So everybody yeah. out there, do a writer improv of your own. I'm telling yes. you, you know, get together with a friend who's creative and who's mm-hmm. a writer so that they get what you're talking about. And just <laughs> even if you're never going to write it, doing the writer improv, it really does kind of stretch those muscles. Because here we've talked yeah. about world building. We've related world building to plot and character. Oh, we didn't mm-hmm. name the guy, though. Oh, Jacob. 
Jacob. I don't oh, know why. I like Jacob. I like Jacob. I like yeah. Jacob. Oh my God, I'm so in love with the story now. <laughs> I want to read this book. Speakeasy. I want to read this book. Okay, very cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sarah. Sarah was the one who sent us the um, Louisa Halberg and the historical fiction and the goal oh, of, of taking care you, of her family. So thank you, Sarah. Okay. And thank All you, right. Kate, for giving us the, um, for handling the secrecy. The yes. top secret, and of it everything. is totally secret. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked us that. We do not. We never know until Lonnie opens that email. Right. We don't see we it. Do till not right then. know. So right, yeah. Right. So it's all a surprise done live on the air. Well, that I think was very <laughs> successful. I feel good that about good. that. I like that. All right. All right. Well, that wraps up another Rocket Sea Block, <laughs> which we have not changed. Right. And uh, <laughs> I think we still need more wine, though. Oh, we'll yeah. be right back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> What are you kidding me? We've just been talking about the speakeasy. I'm feeling kind of dry. Me too. (laughs) Emmy James is not the kind of girl who attracts angels. In fact, since she sent her life into a nosedive six years ago, she's tried to attract as little as possible. Attention, people, or responsibility. She lives alone in an Airstream trailer, going from job to job, wherever the wind takes her. And that works just fine. Until one day, two unexpected visitors show up at the New Jersey trailer park she currently calls home. One is a childhood friend with news. EJ's mother and his father are getting married, and they want EJ at the ceremony. The other is a sweet but odd woman named Jess, who says she's an angel specializing in cosmic relationship mending. And blueberry pancakes. A Little Ray of Sunshine by Lonnie Diane Rich is a story about lost love, found angels, and the power of blueberry pancakes to fix almost anything including the mother-daughter relationship that no one thought could ever be mended. A Little Ray of Sunshine is available now, wherever books are sold. Get your copy today. Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Ride for Wine. Hey, want to win some great prizes for you or your dog? I don't have a dog! (laughs) But yes, I really, really would. Head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, or just general commentary on the show. Yes, each month all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize. Yay, well done. Thank you. For March. (laughs) For March, we have an official Will Write for Wine coaster and an arc of Out of Time by Samantha Graves. Yay, great prizes. So be sure to get active on the forums or send us email. All you have to do for your chance to win is send us email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on our website or participate in the forums or post a question in the new questions section on the forums there's a million ways to win there is we will announce the winner at our first april show so send in your comments and suggestions now oh oh oh! and guess what guess what guess what what you know how um every time i have a prize to send out i don't send it out for like a month or two and i'm always really really late i sent it out like last week i was so Woo-hoo! proud of myself i think heather has her prize from last week so yay yay sorry yay, i just had to i just had to say that <laughs> So up next, we have the dun 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 dun, 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 dun. weekly weigh-in. <laughs> you know, we're starting to actually do, like, harmony there. It's kind of cool. Are we really? So, yeah, I think that's what they call it. Uh, <laughs> Is that what they call it? That what, not what I call it. All right. I know, and, and we promise no singing, but unfortunately, yeah. Oh, there's a so, little singing. Just a little singing. Just a little singing. We should do yeah. a harmony one of these days. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Everybody's like, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> You know what we should do is like a recording and do like a five-part harmony. Oh, we'll do like you, a do digital you know how to do studio. No. Do you know how to do that? <laughs> oh, because I have no idea. Like, I don't know anything about singing. I'm terrible. Okay, anyway. That would be fun, though. Okay. So, Lonnie, how'd you do this week? Well, I'll tell you what. I worked I worked my part-time mostly this week. So, mm. most of my writing was for that. Um, I did a little work, you know, talking with Jenny and Chrissy about what we're going to change in um, Dogs and Goddesses because we got the revision so fast. Yeah. Uh, but that was, you know pretty much it how about Mm -hmm. you 
Well, I worked my part-time job four days a week this mm-hmm. this week, too. So, um, yeah, I need more vacation time. Oh, seriously, you do. I mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. yes. But I also did a little book work. Mm-hmm. I edited uh, 25 pages, and I probably oh, wrote another five or so. Excellent. So it's not much, but it's a start. Mm-hmm. And I need to get this proposal ready in a couple of weeks for my agent. So, Bye. deadline. Right. Oh, new I deadline. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, now it's time for... Killer word. Killer word. I love this part. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I, I guess it's just a, a writer vocabulary thing. I don't know. I think it is. I love it. Anyway. It's like a writer game. Right. I know. Mm-hmm. It's fun. If anybody knows any other writer games that we can do, because eventually oh, yeah. we'll get tired of Killer Word. We should totally do stuff like that. I love it. It's That'd fun. be fun. All right. Yes. Yeah, so we decided right. that instead of random, etc., we'd just make it easy on ourselves and do Killer Word every week. So play along. <laughs> Amaze your friends. Amaze your friends. All right. So what do you got? Go okay. Ahead. My word for you is... Inkhorn. Inkhorn? Inkhorn. I-N-K-H-O-R-N? Mm-hmm. And it is a <laughs> horn <laughs> that you dip in ink and used to write letters before they had Bix. You're very close. <laughs> no way! Yeah, you had it spelled right. Oh, hey! Acorn, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a noun. Okay. Uh, and it, and it's an adjective. So as a noun, it is a, lit- a small bottle of horn or other material formerly used for holding ink. Oh, interesting. For holding ink, yeah. Mm-hmm. The adjective is, it is um, affectedly or ostentatiously learned. Pedantic. Okay. Pedantic. Which I didn't know what pedantic meant. So I had to look up pedantic. Oh, pedantic. Isn't that like um, people who, like, you know, teachers who are, like, rambling on and lecturing yeah. and stuff like that? It's mm-hmm. an adjective, and it means ostentatious in one's learning. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. But I thought it was a cool word. That Inkhorn. is. That is. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. All right. Okay. Are you ready? You ready, ready for mine? All uh-huh. right. All right. Pertinacious. 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 Oh, I know I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> P-E-R-T-I-N-A-T-I-O-U-S. Oh! So <laughs> close! So close. All so right. close! It All means right. Um, being pertinent to something. Oh, it's very close. You no. are extremely close. Okay. Okay. Um, the spelling, actually, you got one letter wrong. Mm-hmm. One letter. It was a P-E-R-T-I-N-A-C-I-O-U-S oh, is the correct spelling. Pertinacious. So close. Mm-hmm. And it means holding or adhering obstinately to any opinion, purpose, or design, stubbornly or perversely persistent. Pertinacious. Ooh, I believe I might be, I might have some of that. <laughs> might as well i don't know maybe that's why we fought all through the b block i don't know (laughs) i think that's pretty cool yeah i like like that word i'll Uh never be able to use it properly but i like it all right well i don't know about you but i think it's time for a refill for me so we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back Well, the show's almost over, and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are, morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by dogsandgoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to samanthagraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. And don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint MySpace page, our cafe press store, and all the cool things we talk about during the show. By the time you're done with all that, we'll be back in a new podcast next week. Everybody plays and everybody wins. 
Well, it's time for last call here on Will Write for Wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> All right, keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or post them in the forums. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. And send cheap wine suggestions to me. Money. <laughs> and if you're half as confused about writing as we are, you need someone to talk to. So ask us. <laughs> Send in those questions to feedback at willwriteforwine.com or visit visit the forums at willwriteforwine.com forward slash forum. There's a special topic there just for questions. Oh, God. (laughs) Just one of those days. (laughs) Plus, you never know. We might just have the answer. (laughs) And if not, we will make something up. All right. Next week's show is the first of a two-part series on goal, motivation, and conflict. This is the first time we've ever done a two-part series. Uh-huh. So just make sure that you get them both. Get both parts, right? So, yep. Next week's show will be on goal and motivation because they're so closely tied together. Right. And then the show after that will be on conflict. Excellent. That should be very yeah. fun. I look forward mm-hmm. to saying many stupid and nonsensical things during those shows. Okay. So until <laughs> next time, this is Lonnie. And this is Sam saying if you can't write for money, then you might as well write for one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Will Ride for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash willwriteforwine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.com podshow.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes remember there's good karma out there vote for them at Podcast Alley come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin first mmm ring any bells or you know the, the soulmate whoever does it for you you get the point anyway thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine down on my caffeine consumption so when i get up i just have one cup of coffee and i like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast and on the way to work i like to get a